So perhaps you've already discerned that the theme for sacred space this morning of Lent is the Sea of Galilee. This is one of the portions of the windows that used to appear in our nave, and this is the calming of the seas, which I'm going to read from the Gospel of Matthew, one of the stories where Jesus calms the waves, but I'm also going to refer to the Gospel of Mark's version of it, which is basically the same characters, same narrative for 90%, and a completely different ending, but that's in the sermon. So this symbol is, it looks like a reverse P with an X. It's to be read X, which is the Greek letter chi. This is the letter rho, chi rho, the first two letters. Whether you see it in a cathedral or whether you see it in the windows, a chi rho are the first two letters of Christos, the anointed one, or Christ. This is the prow of the boat, which is uh, going into these, right, these articulated waves and which are lapping over the sides. And it's a little difficult to see the lighting, but here at the bottom are just the small ripples after the waves have been calmed. Jesus spent a lot of time in last week's sacred space, which was the wilderness or the mountains, and also in this week's sacred space, the water. There are two main things that Jesus did while he was on the Sea of Galilee, and one was he oftentimes revealed himself to the disciples and sometimes asked them to follow him, but oftentimes the disciples did not. One of the things that you should know about the Sea of Galilee is that it's a, well, it's not a sea. It's a small lake. For those of you who went on our trip to Israel, we were on the Sea of Galilee, I'll refer to that in the sermon. It's three miles across and about eight miles in length. You stand on one side and you can easily see the beautiful Galilean hills just on the other, and from one length to the other on a clear day, you can almost see, you can see the whole lake. In fact, it's called a lake by those who live there. But this story is from the Gospel of Matthew. And Jesus has just, on the shore of the Sea of Galilee, on the north shore, near the city of Capernaum, Jesus had just been teaching about the Beatitudes, but also he has now fed the 5,000. Immediately, Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go to the other side while he dismissed the crowds. And after Jesus had dismissed the crowds, he went up to the mountain by himself to pray. When evening came, he was there alone. But by this time, the boat, battered by the waves, was far from the land, for the wind was against the disciples. And early in the morning, Jesus came walking toward them on the sea. But when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified and said, It's a ghost! And they cried out in fear. But immediately, Jesus spoke to them and said, Take heart, it is I. Don't be afraid. And as the story continues, Peter steps out into the boat and attempts to walk on water and fails miserably. And so when both Peter and Jesus return to the boat, the wind ceased. And those in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. This ends the reading from the Gospel of Matthew. And may these words, which once transformed the disciples' hearts, transform our hearts as well. So will you please rise and let us join together in this singing of Jesus who comes to us over the tumult of the waves. And you may be seated. Will you pray with me? 
Gracious and remarkable God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of each of our hearts be offered humbly and faithfully. Amen. Pardon me, I responded to our tour guide in Israel. I, I'm not sure what you're saying. And he said, Richard, that's what he always called me, Richard, we are going out onto the Sea of Galilee on the boat, we'll stop the boat, and then you will lead your worship service, right? Well, this is the first I'd heard of such a plan as we were actually boarding the boat. And so there we were, chugging out onto the Sea of Galilee. I'm scrambling to find a Bible somewhere on the boat and thinking in my mind, what might a worship service look like? And before I knew it, the boat stopped. It was maybe 8 o'clock in the morning. The sun was literally coming over the Galilean hills. It was spectacular. And thank goodness we had remembered that it was also Ash Wednesday. And so I extemporaneously offered a reflection on how it felt to me to be floating on the Sea of Galilee with a portion of community of faith to which I belong on Ash Wednesday. And thank goodness for Meredith's quick thinking, because I hadn't thought of a conclusion, but Meredith began an impromptu singing of Amazing Grace. It was, in the end, one of the most remarkable spirit moments of my life. And thank goodness the waters were calm. You see, I get motion sickness very easily. I've been seasick a number of times. And though it's not really a sea, it was big enough to have had that effect. I don't know if I, what I would have done if I had been on the Sea of Galilee that day when the waves began to rock the boat back and forth. Even doing this doesn't make me feel good. <laughs> and the water beginning to lap over the sides. I mean, don't get me wrong. I think I'm like a lot of you. I love a good thunderstorm. But I love it from the safety of a covered shelter or from a chair in my living room as I watch it roll in. I mean, storms are beautiful to me, but when you're out there in the open, exposed, vulnerable, I would have been frightened. I mean, my anxiety would have gone sky high as my stomach would have churned more and more. And I've always thought maybe it wasn't that way for all the disciples in this morning's reading. I mean, yes, a landlubber like Matthew, who was a tax collector, you have to imagine he was frightened. He didn't go out in the Sea of Galilee much, but Peter and Andrew? <sighs> right. <sighs> yeah, it's another storm. I mean, they were fishermen. No big deal of those guys. What do they care? They'd seen plenty of nasty weather. Apparently in the story... They're all really frightened, unnerved by these turbulent waters that are taking them in all directions. Sometimes, sometimes stormy weather can unnerve even 
the savviest sailor. Now I want you to engage in some Bible study with me. I already read to you from the Gospel of Matthew, but I also told you we're going to talk about the Gospel of Mark's ending as well. And it's important that we look at both. Because if we do, here's my hunch. Both of them will describe what it really means to live a life of faith. And it can be different day to day. And Mark's ending is peculiar and rather elusive. Matthew first, we'll go back over it. The version of the story that I read for you also has to be heard through the lens that Matthew wants us to view these words. And Matthew says to us very early on in the gospel how we're supposed to understand much of his theology, much of how he tells the stories of Jesus. And he tells us at the very beginning that Jesus is to be called Emmanuel. And what he does, which is very unusual in, the go- in any gospel, is he actually translates what that means and says for the reader, Jesus is to be called Emmanuel, which means God with us. Now, in Advent, we sing, O come, O come, Emmanuel, right? The one who is with us. But you need to know that Matthew wants us to read all the stories through that understanding of God in our midst, even in surprising ways where we might not expect God, like in a storm, and when it blows in, or when the doctor calls and says, you know, there's there's a shadow on the MRI. Or the employer says, you know, I know you've worked hard, but our market segment is, well, it's Emmanuel, the one who is with us. That's what Matthew wants us to know, and he tells us early on in the gospel when it was edited that it means God with us. The rest of the story in Matthew is somewhat familiar. Peter offers up a brave but failed attempt to walk on water as Jesus does, which is a very important lesson. We are not God. And Jesus says, O ye of little faith, to Peter. Pulls him back into the boat. The important part was the verse that comes next. Right down at the bottom where you can barely see it. It's cleansing breath time. A great calm descends upon the Sea of Galilee. The waves stop. The water stops splashing on their faces. We can imagine the lightning dissipates. And the disciples drop to their knees in the boat, and amid the the fishing nets and the dried bait, they confess their faith. And they say, you are truly God's love made flesh. If it were a movie, we cut to the credits, they begin to roll, the music swells, and we would leave the theater with our hearts lifted. It's a moment of worship. Except there's the Gospel of Mark, which is actually the older, oldest of the Gospels and probably the older version of the story. And Mark is not nearly as kind to the disciples in this very same story. His description of Jesus' walk is a great deal more disturbing, full of odd details. Peter doesn't even attempt to emulate it. Jesus just comes out to the boat in the storm. And unlike that faithful and worshipful ending of Matthew, Mark ends not with the disciples saying, you are God's love made flesh. I mean, it does conclude with the seas going completely calm in a storm. 
And then there's this. It says the disciples were perplexed. For they did not understand about the loaves and the fishes, and their hearts were hardened. Same story, same characters, different ending. They didn't understand about the loaves and the fishes. Well, one of the things you should know is that in both of those Gospels, this story of Jesus coming to the disciples in the boat appears right after the miracle up on the north shore of the Sea of Galilee near Capernaum was the feeding of the 5,000 with some loaves of bread and a couple of fish, sort of like coming to this table. And Mark says that despite the calm that came to them, they didn't get it, and their hearts were hardened. So here we have it, two endings. Matthew, they end up worshiping, great moment to the conclusion to the movie. As I said, the lovely lyrical music, and our hearts are lifted. And in Mark, it's just strange. They end up as uncertain as to who this strange man is with them as they were before the boat pulled away from the shore. They didn't get it. Even though the calm came. Again, same disciples, same event, different outcome. Well, which version is correct? Which one of these is the gospel truth? Well, you know me. I think both are. I mean, both endings are honest ways of speaking to a, about a life of faith. Both of them describe what it means to struggle with discipleship in our daily lives. There are days, I think, when the Spirit of God comes to us in surprising and, and remarkable ways, but maybe, maybe because our hearts are hardened by the texts we have to return, the errands we have to run, the the sales goal that we have to meet, by all the stresses of life, by simply trying to tread water enough to keep our heads above the water, we miss the chance to feel God's calm and love right in our midst. I don't know about you, but I have plenty of Gospel of Mark days. And then there are, I hope, some Gospel of Matthew days as well, where just like the disciples in that moment, we have this crystal clarity and we get it, even if just for a second, and we allow Jesus and God's love to guide us, to calm us, to know that we are loved. Maybe we might simply think to ourselves without even thinking of it as a religious moment that I'm really blessed or I'm so grateful to feel loved. The one thing we do know, regardless of how the story ends, is that the storms do rage in our lives. The storms do come blowing from the horizon into our midst, and we are in a boat and worried and frightened. But on those days, try to remember 
reclaim the peace and reassurance that God did bring to you in different times, even when you may not have known it, in the strangest of forms. Maybe it was simply in arms that embraced you and said, I love you. Or hands that brought you a meal when you didn't have the energy to make one. Or a hand that dried a tear. Or maybe when you came to this table and we were all fed with a single loaf. Here's my hunch. We have plenty of Gospel of Mark days where God's love is surrounding us, but because of the stresses of life, we are unable to feel it or see it. I think we have plenty of Gospel of Mark days. But I hope and pray for you and for me that in the end, the Gospel of Matthew will carry the day. Amen.